Every gardener has their secret. The way that they bring out the best and whatever it is that they've planted. That, that special fertilizer they sprinkle on that nobody knows about. That special soil that they prepare that makes the plants grow strong and big. My secret is to go to the produce department at the grocery store and pick out what I need. Because without that, my gardens usually make about enough for uh, one salad. Maybe a side salad might be closer to what I'm usually able to do. Jesus knew that he was giving his disciples a task that was beyond their ability to do. He told them to take his message to the world. And that's a lot to ask of 12 guys. How would they ever accomplish this enormous task? There was just 12 of them. And they were supposed to take the message of Jesus to the entire world. And we know in the New Testament world, they didn't even know parts of the world existed. How would they do it? Jesus gives them the secret. Here in John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. There is a basic foundational truth that is presented in these verses that every one of us as believers needs to understand. It's the reason why we're saved. It is our purpose in life. It's what we are here to do. In Christ, we bear fruit. Now, this doesn't work without Jesus. Now, that, that, we know that. That just makes sense. This all depends on the Lord. Now, we understand that, but Jesus also knows how quickly we forget that. He knew how quickly his disciples would forget it. These verses follow the statement that we looked at last week where Jesus tells his disciples, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, again, we, we looked at that passage last week. Jesus had just said that to his disciples. He has illustrated it through the illustration of the vine in a very profound, very visual way. And then he repeats the same truth again here in verse 7. And if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. As one commentator has put it, Jesus' statement is bold not only in what it includes, but also in its limitation. What it includes is limitless. Ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Now, what in the world is Jesus saying here? Is Jesus saying he's some kind of genie in a lamp? I'll grant you your first three wishes. And he's not even limiting it to three wishes. Well, if you've ever read those three wishes stories, you, you know that doesn't always turn out all that well for the wisher. Sometimes those wishes are, are more trouble than they can help. But is that all that Jesus is doing here? That he's, 
telling us he's some kind of magic genie in the sky. He's awaiting our command. Well, of course not. In chapter 14, Jesus qualifies this promise with the statement that the request, the wish, must be made in Jesus' name. In other words, our request should be for those things that are in the name of Christ. Those things which lift up His name. Those things that are in His likeness. Now, we'll see more on that in just a moment. In this passage, Jesus further explains what it is He means. As He'd illustrated through the vine and the branches, verses we looked at last week, we have to be in Christ. The branch separated from the vine cannot produce fruit. Being in Jesus is essential. Without Him, we do nothing. But how do we know if we are in Christ? Well, Jesus adds the qualifier. If you remain in Me and My words remain in you. Jesus is the living embodiment of what He taught He lived out what He said. We can know that we are in Christ when we live like Jesus. When we follow His command. When we seek to do His will. When we seek to be like Him. Now, will we be able to do that perfectly? Obviously not. But this should be our goal in everything that we do. To be more like Jesus in our home. To be more like Jesus at our job. To be more like Jesus at our school. To be more like Jesus wherever we are. I was never very good at basketball. Something about they wanted me to actually get the ball in the basket. I was never very good about that. I was, however, very good at getting in the way. That was good on the defensive end of the court, but on the offensive end, that wasn't exactly the idea. Ultimately, it comes down to which team scores more points. And to do that, you got to get the ball in the basket. The coach seemed to prefer me getting in the way on the bench rather than out on the court. Now, my goal was very simple. My goal was just to get in the game. The team's goal was to actually score some points. To score points in basketball, you got to do more than just get in the way. You have to actually get the ball in the hoop. Now, sometimes in life, we have the wrong goal. Only the result is more significant than who wins or loses a basketball game. Eternity literally hangs in the balance. Folks, without Christ, we cannot change our world. Without Christ, we cannot have an eternal impact on our community. Without Christ, we cannot accomplish Anything. Our focus 
has to be Jesus sharing him, proclaiming his word to the world. Now, how are we going to do that? Well, we do that by being like Jesus. Jesus puts it this way in verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Bearing fruit for Christ is a good thing. It brings God glory. Too often we don't see it that way. We don't realize the extent of the impact we can have when we live out Christ's Word. Living in Christ bears fruit. When Jesus talks about this, he's talking about something really phenomenal. Paul describes it this way in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there are there is no law. Now all of those, when you understand what they mean, they're all things that everybody wants in their life. Nobody's going to complain if, if they live in a world that's too loving or too joyful or, or, or too peaceful. Those are the things that we want. But there's much more going on here than, than just making the world a better place to live. In fact, this fruit literally extends beyond our world. Eternity itself hangs in the balance. Our friends won't know Christ if we don't tell them. They won't believe if they don't see Christ lived out in us. They won't see it unless we decide that it is more important than anything else to bear fruit. In Christ. There's an apple orchard between here and Kansas City. We pass by it whenever we go to see Kinder and Joe up in Independence. This apple orchard used to have this giant balloon apple that they would fly out over their little shop. Let you know that the apples had come in. And when we see that big balloon apple flying, we'll stop and get a few. But imagine if that apple was flying and and we stopped, but all the bins were empty. Well, I'm guessing the next time we probably wouldn't stop there anymore, even if the apple was flying. An apple orchard that doesn't have any apples isn't. Discipleship in Christ is a growing, developing way of life. It's a life meant to bear fruit, to be like Jesus, to exhibit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. To be like Jesus in a willingness to sacrifice even our life to make sure that our world knows the gospel. Being like Jesus is doing what he said. It's loving our enemies. It's forgiving others because we've been forgiven. It's being His witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's doing things that are bigger than us. It's allowing God to do through us things that only God can do. 
Over these past weeks, through our Envision campaign, we've been praying about God doing something through this church that's bigger than us. We prayed about the future of our preschool and children's ministry. We prayed about providing our youth ministry with the resources they need to do ministry in ways they can't do now. We prayed about taking steps to make National Heights a place where people can immediately connect with other believers and through those connections be pointed to Christ. We prayed that we will prepare to reach future generations for the glory of Christ. Now we come to a moment of commitment. Months of work by dozens of people have led to this moment this morning. During these past week, you received a commitment card in the mail. Many of you did. If you didn't, there's some cards there in, in the pews before you, in the envelopes that are there in front of the hymnals. And this morning, we, we're challenging you to turn in one of those cards. And on the card, there's some things that we need you to tell us. There's a place on the card for your name and some information. Then on the right-hand side, we're asking you to, to indicate your intention towards giving to the Envision campaign, whether it be a weekly gift or a monthly gift or a quarterly gift or an annual gift, or if you desire to give a gift other than cash, there's some tax advantages to that. We understand that. So if that's something you want to do, you can indicate that there. Then at the bottom, there's a place to indicate your total commitment for the next three years. Now, first of all, I want to tell you what this card is not. This card is not a vow to God. It's not your promise to the church. We understand that you're not prophetic. You can't see the future. Circumstances in your life might change, and you might not be able to match the commitment that you'd hoped that you would be able to do, or circumstances may change, and you'll be able to do more than what your commitment was. We understand that you can't tell the future. We're not asking you to tell the future. We're not asking you to make some kind of vow before the Lord. That's not what this is. This is simply your, your prayerful indication of what you felt God leading you to seek to do over the next three years. A gift above and beyond your, your normal tithes and offerings. Obviously, we want to continue our ministries and continue to grow in the ways that we're reaching People for Christ here through National Heights. So this is above and beyond your tithes and offerings. And As you heard Bruce so eloquently say in the video a few moments ago, we're not looking for equal gifts. We, we know different people are in different circumstances in life. We are challenging you to equal sacrifice. But we're just asking you to do what God leads you to do. Now some people say, well, why do we need to go through the card thing at all? What's that all about? Well, here's what this helps us to do. When you indicate to us what you've prayerfully over these past few weeks God's led you to do, now, you need to understand these are confidential. The only person that's going to know about this is, is our financial secretary. Nobody else is going to see these cards. And the only reason she's going to be able to see it is, is to do this, to be able to total up what those commitments are. And what that helps us to do as a church, it helps us to plan how we're going to do the renovation. If we can have an idea of what you feel like God is leading you to give toward this project, we can begin to make some plans on how to actually move forward with the renovation. 
So you're turning in one of these commitment cards. It helps us to do that. We'll, we'll have a total, and we'll be sharing those totals with you. For several weeks, we've been praying about this. Many of you have already responded. You've already turned in commitment cards. And we praise the Lord for those who have felt God leading them to, to take a step early. You received a letter, many of you did, that indicated what had come in to this point. Actually, some have come in since that time. To this point, 28 different individuals and families in our church have pledged $412,780 toward doing what God has led us to do. That's, that's exciting. That's extraordinary what God is doing through His people. If you add that to the monies that have already been given, that's $435,330. Now, I want you to know part of that money that's been given, our children... During this month of Envision, they, they've kind of had their own little campaign going. They've been collecting quarters. And today they have $264.43. Not sure how those quarters added up to 43 cents, but uh, <laughs> that's exciting. And added to that, another child brought a sock full of quarters today and gave it to his Sunday school teacher. So we got $264.43 and a sock. That the children have given. It's exciting when we see what God does through His people. So this morning we've come to a time of commitment. If you brought your card with you, that you can certainly feel free to use that this morning. You had an envelope that came in the letter that you received. If you forgot your card or left it at home or would like to participate, there's some cards that I said there in the before the hymnals before you. Many of you have already given, but, but we see this as a time of collective worship. We're, we're, as a people, joining together in what God is leading us to do. And if you've already turned in your card but you'd like to participate this morning, feel free to take one of those cards and just write your name on it and write the word duplicate on the card. And that way we'll know you already turned your card in, but you just wanted to participate in the worship time this morning. In just a moment, our ushers are going to come and we're going to receive these cards as an offering. And that's what it is. It's an offering to God. It's saying, Lord, I want to let you work through me. I want to let you do something through me that I can't do. I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. I want to be a part of something that has eternal value. I want to be part of reaching future generations for the glory of Christ. And we invite you to be a part of that challenge this morning. Let me pray with you. Gracious Heavenly Father, at this time we come to a moment in the life of our church. It's a big step. It's a step that's bigger than us. We can't do this on our own. This is something only you can do. So we're asking you to work in the lives of your people, through your people, in a way that you and you alone will receive all the glory. We thank you for what you are going to do In Jesus' name, amen.